Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, the founder of Korean beauty brand Jellico, and of course, your guide to the world of Korean skincare. Uh, the sponsors of today's podcast are Style Story, your go to for all things K beauty. You can shop all the latest Korean beauty products online at stylestory.com.au. Now, guys, you are going to have to forgive me today if things are a little bit noisier in the background. Normally, what I do is I actually record the podcast in my kitchen of all places, in my pantry, just because it's nice and quiet. Uh, And a few years ago when I was recording the podcast in the office, a couple of people were complaining that, you know, they could hear a lot of background noise and things like that. Uh, And Our old office was on the corner of a really busy intersection in Seoul. So there was quite a lot of traffic outside, like just cars honking and things like that. So I moved the production basically back to my house into my pantry, which is very, very well insulated. But I have just completely run out of time. I have been really, really busy this week and I just did not wasn't able to stick to my usual schedule so I am actually in the office today recording uh and it look it's not a hundred percent ideal uh our new office thankfully is not on an intersection but it is still on a pretty main road in Gangnam uh so hopefully it's not going to be too noisy but just please forgive me if there is a little bit more background noise than there normally is promise I will be back in my kitchen in the pantry for the next episode. So with that out of the way, what I wanted to do, if you tuned in to Tuesday's episode, you will know that at Jellico, we recently just released uh, one of our new products, which is our Dewy Glaze Toner. And as I alluded to in the episode, that has been quite a process. So I thought what I might do today, just as something a little bit different, is to take you guys behind the scenes and actually talk about how that product came to be in existence. Uh, it was a really, really long process. I'm still recovering from it somewhat just because of just the back and forth and how much sort of went into it. It was, yeah, it's quite a draining process, I think, uh, like bringing a new product to the market just because, you know, by by the time you've gone through so many iterations, so much back and forth, uh, and, you know, it's sometimes hard to sort of remember where you actually started with it all. So I thought, you know what, just to sort of help myself sort of process the whole experience, because this one, honestly, of all the products that we've had to date, uh, we, we do have one other product that is not too far away from launching. I will share that little tidbit of information with you guys. And that one honestly has killed me even more than this one. But this one in, in itself was quite a process. So I'm going to take you through what happened from start to finish. Now, I had to go back through my emails and sort of work out when we started it and so that I could work out exactly how long it took because in my mind this has just been carrying on and on like the babbling brook but my email records confirmed that it was about 573 days from start to finish so obviously that was quite a long time uh so yeah now back to I guess even 
a more basic question, which is why a toner? So obviously when it came to our, uh, you know, our first two products, our first one being uh, our bubble tea steam cream moisturizer, I think that makes sense. That's such an essential part of any routine. And when it came to the sleeping mask, that was just very selfishly a product that I absolutely wanted in my own routine. I love sleeping masks. I think they are one of the most exciting categories in K-beauty and just something that you don't really see as much in Western skincare. So that was sort of the reasoning behind those two. Now, toner, I think, you know, uh, some people can certainly overlook them uh, and just think that they're just not very exciting. Some people don't even use toner in their routine because maybe they've had a bad experience with it. I know certainly over the years I have had a lot of bad experiences with just a lot of products that were probably just not the right fit for my skin. Uh, so I think the other thing is this, the kind of products that exist in K-beauty in the toning space are quite different from in purpose and intention, I think, from a lot of Western products. So the whole idea of a lot of Western toning products, as far as I can tell, is that, you know, they'll have maybe a pH adjusting function in them or maybe even like an astringent function. Uh, and, you know, where that comes in and why people do that, why people make products like that is because obviously when you clean your face, when you cleanse, even if you use really gentle cleansing products, your face is still going to become slightly imbalanced. Uh, and, you know, particularly if you are using a cleanser with a higher pH level, which, you know, a lot of the acne fighting ones tend to have, then the skin becomes, you know, unbalanced. So I think the idea of using like an astringent or uh, a resetting toner in your routine is to sort of try and get the skin back to pH 5.5. And that is not the kind of product that I set out to create here with this product. And it's also not uh, very common. I mean, you can find them in K-Beauty, obviously, but I think uh, you will notice that a lot of Korean toners tend to be more hydrating. So the purpose of the product itself is more to hydrate. Uh, and the reason for that is that if your skin is bone dry after you've finished your cleansing uh, routine, you know, people will often say that squeaky clean feeling. If that's the base that you're starting from, uh, it can become a lot harder for the products that you put on your skin after that to actually properly absorb and do what they're supposed to do. So when it comes to this product, this the, um, our product, our Dewy Glaze Toner, what we wanted to do is create a product that would lightly hydrate the skin and prep it to properly receive the other products that you are about to layer on top of it. So that was sort of really the starting point was let's create a product that is, you know, because it's a category people don't tend to get a, a really excited about, let's create something that just looks really like something that you want on your face to you know, get people into the whole idea of properly wetting the skin, prepping it to absorb all the good nutrients that come afterwards. And I also think that, you know, a good toner really shouldn't just stop there. It should actually be packed with a whole bunch of really useful, helpful, nourishing ingredients, antioxidants and things like that, so that your skin is actually really hydrated before your routine even really begins. So that was kind of the starting point. So obviously the process 
process of creating a product, you need to know what you're going to create first. Uh, and then you need to have someone, if you're not a formulator yourself, if you aren't, you know, qualified to go and put the product together or, you know, for whatever reason, you don't have the capabilities, maybe you don't have the certifications or whatnot to actually work with someone that can formulate it for you. Now, for this particular product, we actually ended up working with the same cosmetic chemist that created bubble tea steam cream for us. So over the years, I have worked with a whole bunch of different manufacturers, chemists for lots and lots of different products. Uh, And for this one in particular, we just thought that that would be a really, really good fit knowing this particular chemist's strong points uh, and the kind of products um, that they create. So that is what we did. We went to the chemist, sort of talked through all of the kinds of things that we were hoping to do with the product, everything from like the key ingredients to the texture, the color, the scent, all of that sort of thing. So that sort of kicks off a very long back and forth process of tweaking, refining the formula and nailing everything down. And, you know, it might kind of sound simple if you already know what you're going to make, but I've spoken about this before on the show. I think the thing that makes the process really long uh, and a little bit arduous is because Even really minor tweaks to the formula can result in quite a big change in terms of everything from like even the performance of the product to the experience of using the product. And that is particularly the case when it comes to things like texture, scent and color. Uh, So, you know, the product started off as a colorless, unscented sample. And I think the first thing that we really worked on nailing was the texture. So I wanted this product to be thicker than a water. uh, And that is because I personally find watery toners just a little bit harder to work with. uh, And also they just tend to be less hydrating. Obviously, Jelly Co is the name of the brand, but that doesn't mean that like all of our product textures need to be jelly. Uh, But this was something that I was like, I actually think this would work well in a slightly gelish texture, something that is easy to work with in your hands, but would melt when it touched your skin and then really sink in rather than like sitting on top of the skin or making it greasy or oily. So that was kind of the brief. uh, And that took a couple of goes to get that right uh, and just make sure that it wasn't, you know, too thick or anything like that. Uh, And then uh, after that, we just kept making tweaks to the actual formulation itself. So right from the very beginning, I was very clear that I did not want water to be the first ingredient in this particular product. Uh, And we actually experimented with a couple of different bases. And what we settled on, the one that we thought was performing the best, was birch sap extract. So this is uh, a really, really nice ingredient. I think it works so well in toner and essence formulations in particular because it is filled with amino acids, vitamins, minerals, and it is quite dense. So what I find is that it helps to bolster the skin's barrier function. It is really good at uh, protecting it from environmental factors. It is perfect for sensitive skin and it's just a really good way to get a lot of hydration in there at, at your first step of toning. So I think that was sort of the starting point. We were really, really happy with that. And then obviously it came to the rest of the ingredients uh, in the product. And, you know, this is quite 
an involved process for many, many reasons. The first one is that there are a lot of different pieces of legislation to check when it comes to what you actually want to put in it, uh, regulations as well. And then, of course, the other thing that we are formulating uh, and keeping in mind, I guess, when we're formulating is the various retailers that, you know, we might want to supply our products to. And do they have any uh, requirements, you know, do they have anything that they are wanting to see in the formula that they are not wanting to see in the formula? We have to keep that in mind as well. So it's not just a matter of throwing in a whole bunch of different ingredients and kind of hoping that it all works or, you know, using a base formula or anything like that. We had to be very, very particular because we have, you know, countries and markets that we are selling this product into. So we had to sort of check all of that, cross all our T's, dot all our I's. So that in itself, very, very convoluted process. So in the end, <laughs> we settled on uh, Betula alba leaf water, which is the Latin name for birch sap, as our primary ingredient. That is the first ingredient that you will see on the ingredient label. And then the other things that we put in after that as our primary ingredients were three types of hyaluronic acid. So hyaluronic acid, obviously a humectant ingredient, but it comes in a range of different formats. Uh, They all have slightly different molecular weights as well. The ones that we ended up putting in are sodium hyaluronate, hydrolyzed hyaluronic acid, and then hyaluronic acid itself. So a blend of three there. We also added three different berries. We've got blackberry, blueberry, and strawberry in there also a really nice source of antioxidants as well. We also added china berry and ivy gourd, and then we've rounded off the formula with arginine and panthenol. Panthenol, you will already know, is one of my absolute favorites, a really, really nice ingredient. So basically, we have a blend of humectants, hydrators, and antioxidants. That is what we wanted in the product. But because this is a toner product, one thing I was a little bit, um, you know, cautious about is I didn't want it to be really thick, really cloying, greasy, or sit on the skin because I assume that when people are applying a toner, they are going to be layering other products on top of that. So what this is supposed to do is literally wet your skin and then it will help it to properly prep your skin to absorb the next layers. So That was something that I was, you know, a lot of people when we were teasing out the product were like, oh, it looks like a serum. And it does look like a serum, but it doesn't perform like one. So it's not going to replace your serum in your routine. I would describe it as probably a hybrid between an essence and a toner, uh, but it's not intended to be a serum. And I think that one of the, the ways that I can really, really see the difference in terms of like what it actually does on the skin, if you apply it to your hand, to one hand and not the other, what you will see is that one is clearly looking nice and just soft and hydrated and the other, certainly in the case of my hands, looks a little bit more dry and wrinkly. But it doesn't look greasy or oily or anything like that. It's just that one looks really nice and normal and soft and then the other looks a little bit like uh, grandma hand is the way I would describe it. Uh, and, you know, obviously everyone at the moment, including myself, you know, we're applying a whole lot of hand sanitizer all the time. We're washing our hands a lot because of COVID. So that is the main difference that I will say in between like a 
applying it to one side and not applying it to the other. Obviously, once the whole thing was finished, you know, we didn't need to test it on animals or anything like that. That is not allowed in Korea. It hasn't been allowed for a while uh, and it's not required in any of the markets that we sell into either. So that was nice and easy. Uh, when it came to the color of the product itself. So you might um, have seen, if you've seen a photo of it, it kind of looks purple uh, in the bottle. And then when you apply it on the skin, it doesn't really sort of seem to have a color to it. But in the bottle itself, it does look purple. So we ended up using uh, natural dyes rather than artificial dyes. And the reason I did that, this was another point of contention between me and the chemist. So uh, we, I did that because I wanted to reduce the chances of irritation for sensitive skin types uh, and particularly people with uh, heavy metal allergies, just because when it comes to uh, your artificial dyes, we tend to get quite a bit of exposure to those through our products like makeup already. So I was just like, look, if we don't have to, I'd rather just take that out. Uh, so the, the issue our chemist had was when you are working with natural colors, they can vary and also they can change over time. Like obviously when you're talking about things like plants, they vary between harvests, seasons, locations, habitats, all of that sort of thing. So it can be a little bit daunting to work with those kind of ingredients to make sure like that your product is always looking and smelling and behaving the same. So one of the reasons that a lot of brands, a lot of products will use the, 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 uh, synthetic dyes is just that they can guarantee that they have a reproducible and a uniform color over like the various, you know, different types of the products. Obviously we are still really small brand. So I think for now where we're at, I was fairly confident that, you know, even if there are minor variations in the color, you know, our customers and, and the people using the product, you know, if they're like wondering why it's slightly different, hopefully they will feel comfortable just coming and asking us because we're still so small. So that is the reason that we decided in the end to go with uh, a natural color and rather than an artificial one. And then the final thing that we worked on was the fragrance. Now, the natural fragrance of the raw ingredients themselves sometimes had almost like a minty smell to it, like it kind of smelled a little bit like mint. Uh, and that was, you know, with no scent or anything like that added. And we just felt that it didn't really suit the product. So this was a thing we agonized over, honestly, for probably the better part of a year. Uh, I wanted to add the absolute minimum fragrance, basically just to mask that raw scent. Uh, but this is where we kind of struggled. We struggled to find one that we really liked and that matched the formula. In the end, after much, much, much back and forth, we ended up putting basically the absolute minimum amount possible in. It is 0.02% of the total formula. And what it does is just enhances the experience of using the product, but it does not linger at all. Uh, in fact, what I've found is if I sort of apply the product to my hand and sniff it, as soon as the product is, uh, has been absorbed in, if you try and smell it again, it's basically already gone. Ah, so that was, I guess, the last sort of point of contention was just the fragrance. Uh, so yeah, that after that was done, then it came to more practical things like the size of the product, like how big did we actually want it? And this was something that I, I knew 
because a lot of our customers and a lot of people that love K-Beauty products like using their toner for the seven skins method or even the three skins method, you generally want a slightly bigger product. You don't want like, you know, 80 mils of product if you're going to be applying a couple of layers. So we landed on 155 grams of product and that is going to obviously last for several months depending on how much toner you use, uh, how many layers you do and all of that sort of thing, but quite a decent size. Uh, And then the next thing, of course, was the packaging. How are we going to package this product? It obviously needs to pass through its stability tests So this was another area where we did have a lot of back and forth with the chemist. So obviously the product being naturally colored, the chemist was a little bit concerned about uh, one of our original choices of packaging not being the best for it. Uh, But in the end, we ended up settling on an option that is semi-frosted. We were all happy with that. Uh, It passed all of its testing. Uh, So that sort of was that part of it squared off. So then obviously we needed to work on a box. We need like a box to put it in so that we can do the labels all up and everything like that. Uh, So what we did is we have a company who makes all of our boxes and they basically created a prototype to make sure that it was the right size, it was the right strength and the right fit for the container that we had chosen, the container that had, you know, passed all the stability tests. So once we had the prototypes in place for both the box and the container itself, then we sent those off to our designer who makes all of our designs for us. Uh, She is a Korean that is a professional box designer. Basically, this is her job in Korea. So we have just had the best experience ever working with her. Uh, She just nails it. I don't know how she does it, but we give her a brief and she just nails it. Like it's like a couple of back and forths with her and we're like, perfect. That's exactly what we wanted. So I'm so happy that we have found someone like that. And this is basically her job day in, day out. This is what she does is make cosmetic packaging boxes for a living. Uh, So that was really good. Uh, So the next part of the process. Once we get the designs back from the designer, we obviously need to then send them off to the people that are going to be making them. There are lots of intricacies around the colors and printing options and things like that that ends up usually requiring a lot of back and forth. Uh, And because we have had a bad experience in the past with sending off a design and then it coming out a completely different color than what we wanted, uh, which, you know, cost us a lot of time, effort and energy to then, you know, try and correct the mistake after everything was already printed. Now what we do is Anytime we are having boxes made or anything printed out, we go there and actually inspect and oversee the process to make sure that everything is coming out the right color. Uh, And then we also choose the embossing. So obviously on our boxes, we have our Jellico logo is embossed. Uh, And so what we do is we'll go out and basically, you know, check it against the colors that have been printed, make sure that we're happy with it. And the embossing that we chose for this particular one is a gold color. Uh, It's like a vibrant gold color and it matches the gold color on the container, on the inner container. So we were really happy with that. 
Uh, the boxes themselves took about a week in total to be made because what they do is they print one layer of it, then it needs to dry before they put it through the machine again to do a final layer. So that process takes a little bit of time as well. Uh, and then the containers need to have everything printed on them first before they are filled. So obviously you don't want to be doing anything to the, like, the product once it's already in the container. So basically they print everything onto the containers first and then everything gets sent over to the person filling the formula into the containers at the same time. So that sort of obviously takes a long time to kind of line up all of those parts. Uh, so we we finalized that, we did that, we had everything sitting there. And then, and then at the same time, we were also working on the sample sizes. So for this particular product, very luckily, we were able to work out that we could do sample sizes and our designer who did the boxes for us, she worked on the designs for the sachets as well. And basically she matched them so that the sample sizes and the full sizes would have like the same kind of feel to them. Uh, and then basically the manufacturer who makes the formula created a bulk batch of formula just for the samples. We sent them all over to our sample manufacturer who then arranged to fill the little sample sachets for us. So that process varies from manufacturer to manufacturer. Some will insist on filling any samples and minis in-house and they won't let you send them out to anybody else, but then other manufacturers will let you outsource that process to a company that specializes basically just in sample sizes or mini sizes. Uh, so that's what we did for that. And then obviously we also arranged to have the full sizes filled as well. And I've got, I think we've got some video footage of that process being done up on our Instagram. If you want to go and take a look at that, uh, that's always a really exciting part of the process to finally everything is coming together, uh, you know, and everything has the labels and everything printed on it. So that was really exciting. Then the last part of the process that actually takes quite a while is to arrange transportation. And we have to move everything from Korea to our stockists and our warehouses. So our two main markets at the moment are Australia and the US. So what we need to do is arrange to ship everything there. And that is a whole process in and of itself. It takes quite a bit of paperwork. Uh, it's a lot of time, effort and energy to arrange to sort of get everything to the ports, onto the ships. Uh, you know, they they travel on the ship and then when they get there, there's a whole lot of paperwork on that side as well, uh, you know, and then inland transport it takes a little bit of time as well. So taking everything from the port to the warehouse to the stockists. Uh, so that process generally takes a couple of months as well, um, depending on, you know, boats, shipping schedules and everything like that. Uh, and then how backed back they are at the port. So that in a nutshell, in a 27 minute or so nutshell, was the process that it took. Obviously, altogether, that ended up taking a little over a year and a half to get from the beginning to the end of that process. Uh, 
And the product is now ready. It is now available. Uh, it is up on stylestory.com.au, which I am just so relieved about. I'm so happy that it is finally done. Uh, so how to actually use the product now that it's done. So this is how I use the product in my routine. What I do at night after I've done my double cleanse, I then apply one layer onto a cotton pad and swipe the pad over my face. Once I'm done, I then go on with another layer just in my hands and pat the product into my face. Depending on how dehydrated, dry my skin is feeling, I might do another layer after that as well before I then apply serum or an oil, uh, and then my moisturizer, that's basically the process. And then the next morning when I wake up, as you guys know, I think I've said this a few times, I do not cleanse my face in the morning because of how dry my skin is. Uh, instead, I literally just apply a little bit of toner to a cotton pad and wipe that all over my face and neck to basically just cleanse, prep my, my skin. And then I just go in with my morning routine rather than cleansing my face just so that it doesn't dry out too much. So you can definitely do the same thing that I do and use it like that uh, because it is that thicker texture. Like I mentioned, you know, if you don't like using cotton pads on your face, maybe you find that too sensitizing. You don't need to. You can definitely just apply some to your hand and pat it into your face. It's not going to run everywhere. Uh, it's not that watery. It, it's... I don't know, maybe you need to see the texture to see what I'm talking about, but it won't sort of escape in your hands if you do it like that. So that is, I thought just, you know, I would run you guys through how it actually works from start to finish or how it worked for us. Obviously, I think, you know, different companies do things a little bit differently. Probably not everyone takes as long <laughs> to get their products to market as we did. But, uh, you know, I think... I'm very, very picky. Uh, we had a lot of really, really sort of minor back and forths where it was just like, oh my God, why does she keep wanting more samples? And I was just like, no, I don't know. I just, you know, I think if you're going to make something, you might as well do it well. I obviously have my personal preferences and things that I really, really wanted for the product. And I just wasn't really going to back down, even if it took a little bit longer. I was just like, it doesn't matter. You know, I would rather just get it right and feel happy with how the product turned out rather than, you know, getting it out really quickly and then lamenting it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's not the right way to do it. Maybe you should just get it out as quickly as possible and then take feedback on the fly. I'm not sure. Obviously, I'm super open to feedback. You know, I think with product manufacturing, one of the things that I have learned over the years is that it doesn't matter how happy you are with the finished product, uh, you know, if people don't like it or is there is something that, you know, they think could be important improved on. It's just going to be a continuous process. I think I don't ever think it's one and done necessarily. There are definitely products that, you know, uh, you hit first, you know, you hit it home run first out of the park. And then there are others that, you know, they work for some people. Maybe they don't work for other people. That's just the nature of the game. I think preferences change over time as well. What people want from a product seems to change. 
uh, over time. So look, I'm not saying that, you know, this is never going to be never going to be changed, but I'm really happy with how it's turned out. I'm excited to be able to try it. Uh, so yeah, that was the process. I hope that was interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you guys are interested in these kind of like how products are made episodes. You'll have to tell me. Um, I know we've done a couple before on, you know, the industry generally, but let me know if this is interesting, not interesting. Um, you know, I find it interesting, but it's my job. So (laughs) you would kind of hope I do, um, but you will have to let me know. Come and find me on Instagram. I'm at lauren.kbeauty. All right. I'm going to leave it there for today and I will be back next week with another episode. Until then, I will see you on Style Story. Bye.